mind, body, nutrition, the Triple Play Podcast. Because everybody's an athlete in this game of life. Get off the sidelines. Time to get in the game. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This is Dr. Mike with the Triple Play Performance Podcast. This is part two of my interview with Norman Plotkin. We talked about hypnosis and all the stuff that's surrounding that in the last episode. In this episode, it's going to get a little bit more controversial as we dive into topics like coronavirus and the vaccine and all the stuff that surrounds that. So we talk about some very controversial topics. Um, Again, all these things are our opinions. And, you know, we talk about these things openly um, and what's on our minds. You'll also find some interesting things about how the mind works in, in, in regards to pregnancies. And I, this is one of the questions I get a lot of, how do I properly prepare for a pregnancy? So listen closely to the beginning part of this interview. This is where we talk about all of that stuff that revolves around what do we need to be doing to think about things properly so that our body responds. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Yeah, interesting. You, know, you said something that when when we're in vitro, you know, in, in our moms that we're downloading, you know, the information, how important do you think it is for moms and dads to have that that proper environment of what they're exposing themselves and their baby to uh, is for, you know, an optimal, optimal child? Well, I mean, the difference between, you know, being successful and, and living a troubled life is, is largely attributable to your experience, um, the experience of your parents. Uh, from conception, uh, uh, I, there's, a, there's a book called Answer Cancer. I think the guy's name was Larry Parkfield. And he, um, he developed a theory about uh, the development of cancer uh, he was following on um, Dr. Carl Simonton, uh, whose theory was that uh, he was a radiological oncologist, and his theory was that um, you know trauma is cumulative, and we have these cumulative experiences, and um, and at some point the subconscious mind, the, the 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 emotional pain of these unresolved traumas gets too much, and and the uh, subconscious mind will. Uh, perceive death as a way out, and and as a result, will will um, it, it will hinder our immune system, and so mm. a, a healthy immune system will reject mutations and environmental toxins. But but if we have an impaired immune system based on our own uh, based on our on our own neurochemistry, right? Our hypothalamus is now sending neurochemistry that suppresses our immune system because our subconscious mind perceives death as a way out of the emotional pain. And see how this snowball affects? And so he, he was telling a story in this book about um, the, he had a, a, a patient that was, um, he was a physician and he had these um, weird experiences of, of uh, fear of, uh, irrational fear of height and um, and he he had gotten sick and and so he regressed him back and he told the various stages that, to which he regressed him and 
you know, there was a time that was going fast in the car and went over a big dip and that, that made him sick. And then there was a time he fell out of a treehouse and he kept regressing back farther and farther. And it turns out that um, his parents had tried to abort him chemically. And wow. so, so he was exhibiting the hmm. uh, flooding tears when he was telling the story. And it was, it was indicative of the chemical, the chemical impact. Like it's, it's just, it's wild. And I, I'm not doing the story justice, but, um, but the, the conditions for life are, are made or, or broken um, from your mom's uh, behavior when you're wow. in vitro. And because you hear, you, you hear everything you're, you really, you're, you're a little, you're a little nerve ending, <laughs> yeah. right. And, and you're, and you're, and you're gathering uh, environmental data through all of your senses limited as they are in, initially, but fully formed you, you know, you are um, taking in data. And so not only is the conditions in vitro super important, but also the early days when when you um when you know humans humans are the most vulnerable because we're born large with a large head and we, and we topple over right and so most animals uh can function pretty quickly yeah and, and humans are, yeah humans are vulnerable so that it really requires nurturing yeah. um initially and without that nurturing uh we can we can be severely set back uh, in, in our life. One of the things it, that I've, one of the things I've always wondered was, you know, like because you know we're talking about, you know, the in vitro part is. I know a lot of people, a lot of couples, where they find out that they're pregnant, and their first reaction is that of fear, like, oh no, I didn't mean to get pregnant. Oh no, what is my life going to be like now that I'm pregnant and I'm going to have a baby, and that. You know, from what you're saying, that all pretty much transmits to the baby and the baby feeling as if I'm not wanted. And I see a lot of people in this world carry that with them. The the feeling of I don't belong, I'm not wanted, why am I here? And how how that translates, you know, to the rest of life. And yeah, I, that's I did I didn't know that in vitro that we're, you know, like you were saying, we're downloading the information. It's super important. I'll give you an example. Um, several years ago, I read a book, Super Freakonomics, and oh, they, in which they yeah 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 I they, remember that book. Yeah yeah. So they they tell the story about um, in the '90s there was a there was a, a huge wave of uh, uh, juvenile crime, and they were really worried about uh, that it was just going to expand, and and uh, they were preparing for it, and and um, and so what happened was it didn't show up and they looked at you know, they they were looking at why why it didn't show up and they they overlaid the timing from roe v wade and so oh, when wow. abortion when abortion became available and i you know i'm not advocating for it i'm just you know this is just a just a uh, an interesting corollary mm -hmm. um when it became available unwanted pregnancies plummeted and so what we had was a, 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 a steep reduction in the number of unwanted pregnancies. And as a result, we had a steep reduction in the number of uh, malcontents who are, you know, who, who were committing heinous crimes, you know, serious and heinous crimes. And it, it, so it kind of, they, they, they correlated it 
20 years after 73, you know, was Grove v. Wade. And in the 90s, these people were coming of age and um, and the, and they were preparing for, uh, you know, an expansion of this crime and it, and it didn't show up. And they and they they believe that there was a reduction in the number of unwanted children. And so that is it is a big deal. If you're not wanted, if you're neglected, if you I mean, it's it, it's a powerful uh, a marker in perimeter uh, on our psyche. Uh, to be not wanted. We, we're we a social animal and we require nurturing in our early years for the very reason that we're, we can't sustain ourselves um, uh, without that nurturing. And so it has a heavy impact on our on our subconscious mind. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, in the Dan Buettner's book, The Blue Zones, he talks about one of the components of, uh, you know, these blue zones and these places of longevity and one of the big one was a sense of community, you know, and, and with the pandemic currently going on and all of the social isolation, you know, I've seen that impact upon, you know, not being wanted, uh, being in that isolation, that lack of sense of community. And, you know, what's your opinion of, of the long term lasting effects of of what's going on with the pandemic outside of you know, viral cases in and of itself, but from, you know, the subconscious mind perspective? Well, cynically, I would say job security. <laughs> um, it's, it's sad. I mean, do you know that six feet is where my heart energy picks up your heart energy? Exactly. Interesting, and, right? Interesting that that's right? taken, you know, that's the notion right there is six feet. I know. Distancing. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah. And, and isolation, we're already seeing, uh, you know, massive increases in, in suicide. Um, uh, you know, we already have been moving toward virtual and, uh, you know, uh, and it's just, it's just not healthy for humans. It's really not healthy. And so this whole thing is going to have a, a ripple through our society for years to come, the, especially for kids who have been isolated and have to attend school. You know, it's the whole... The whole notion of uh, compulsory education was to socialize the kids and to teach them how to be good citizens and arm them with the vote, right? So when you isolate them from their peer groups, uh, learning is, is, is becoming more difficult. Um, socialization has been set back. Uh, there, there's going to be ramifications that we're, we're not fully aware of for years to come. And it's, it's, it's really sad. I, you know, I, I lament our our um, our response. I don't think the response was commensurate with the the threat. Um, uh, you know, if you if you if you listen to people, very intelligent people like Dr. Zach Bush, mm. uh, he'll tell you that in any one moment there are ten to the thirty-one viruses in front of you. Yeah, I love <laughs> in front Zach. of your right, Zach, yeah. and that viruses give us powerful upgrades. The placenta is the result of a human virus. So, yes. like, you know, we shouldn't, we can't live in fear. I, I'm reading the Tibetan book of living and dying right now. And it's, you know, this is fear of death. You know, it's, it, it robs us of our life. Yeah. Uh, and so um, stay safe is, it's really, a, it's a curse. It's, it's not a, you know, safe is a, is not a way to live. It, it's like, a, you know, they say the comfort zone is, is very beautiful, but nothing grows there. And the, and the notion of staying safe is that on steroids, right? The life isn't supposed to be safe. It's supposed to be engaging and existential. And um, so, you know, I, 
I lament uh, what I believe to be an inappropriate response, but you know, who am I to say? I'm not, I'm not a physician and um, I'm not making decisions for other people. I know how I've navigated through this and I, I feel a little sad for those are both mo- are most vulnerable yeah. um, because it's a high impact on them physically psychologically and subconsciously yeah you know i've when this all first started you know um there were there are a lot of mixed information a lot of people coming to me asking me you know like what's going on you know is this real was it a hoax and i said you know that there's a lot of you know truth to what viruses are you know um when i was in school when we learned about viruses and it not being an actually alive organism you know that kind of intrigued me and the role that viruses play in in all of you know in the ecosystem and um when when the pandemic first started and everything started rolling out i looked at it from a standpoint of hey this has been something that was going on years upon years upon years you know we go back to when you know edward l bernays was employed to create these pr campaigns for the tobacco industry for all these different industries and then now utilizing that form of, you know, quote unquote, hypnosis uh, to drive people to uh, change their lifestyles to eating fast foods. And now we see this obesity epidemic and we look at, well, what is the major risk factors for mortality, you know, with coronavirus? And we see that the majority of the, you know, the ones that are susceptible all have underlying health conditions tied to lifestyle factors that were propagated by these PR campaigns, you know, you're like, and it's, when it's coming full circle, and now you see the the mass media telling you that, hey, there's only a couple options for you right now. You, you socially distance, you wear a mask, and you get a vaccine. Those are your three viable options. And it's like, you know, you going through, you know, your, your, your journey of cancer, you know, cancer patients are given three options as well, which is surgery, radiation, chemotherapy. And there's a whole other world that exists that can be viable options, you know? And and like, what are, from your perspective, what are you seeing with all of the stuff that's being portrayed on the media and how is that impacting uh, society? My dad was a math teacher, so I'm kind of good with numbers. So here's what I do. I look at I look at the numbers. So we have a we have a uh, we have a disease. Uh, we have a condition that has a 99.7 percent recovery rate. First of all, the scale is nothing to be alarmed about. I mean, statistically speaking, 0.03 percent threat is statistically insignificant. Now, if someone dies, that doesn't that doesn't comfort them. Yeah. And I'm sorry that people have died. So the virus is real. But it's, it's the scale of its threat is statistically de minimis. Now, that's the baseline. So why, why, would, you, why would you develop a, a vaccine for a, a de minimis threat? Number one, I would question that. Number two, this is not a vaccine. This is, this is a not a, a conventional inoculation. They don't give you a bit of the, a bit of the um, the virus and have you form antibodies. This is an mRNA. Yeah. This is a um, this is a a therapy that they inject in you that that 
uh, causes your body to create a protein. This is genetically modifying you. I, you know, just ironically, there were people who would not eat a, a Monsanto uh, corn, but they would inject in themselves a genetically modifying substance. So, the 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 response doesn't does it you know you know what I mean? There's an incongruity between well, the threat that, and the that, response. That just goes back to the programming of hey, get a vaccine for you know a you know quote unquote protection against an infectious agent. Do you think that goes back to that? Because the because the shutdown the lockdowns were an inappropriate response, and to get back to quote normal to open the the economy there's a larger agenda going on here and i you know we can speculate for days but but the, the lockdown was an inappropriate response and so the the drive to find a way to uh, obviate the lockdown was uh you know was a vaccination but but do you know that the vaccination is not sufficient to keep you from getting the virus yeah uh, and yeah. so and so they, you can still get it and said said that I know you can yeah. still get it and they tell you still wear a mask and they tell you still isolate. And all it does is it's meant to reduce the severity of the symptoms. So like, you know what I mean? It's like the, logically I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, have we gone mad? <laughs> but people, they, they are clamoring for a reason that for a, for a, uh, an end to the lockdown. So it so it seems to me, it, that we're looking at kind of Stockholm syndrome. Mm, are you familiar yeah, with? Very familiar. Are you familiar? Stuff, with, yeah. Yeah. So, so people are identifying with their captors. And, yeah. And please, they're lining up. They're lining up for a genetically modifying vaccination that doesn't protect them from the virus and a virus that has a ninety nine point seven percent recovery rate. I was like, the it just it doesn't comport with me. Yeah. And so in the in the um, in the issues that I see, it's, uh, uh, you know, a lot on social media, you have people that, you know, all of a sudden they become medical experts. And, and I and I see where that that uh, neurological programming, that hypnotic programming that's been fed to them all these years of people spouting off information of what's, you know, what's going on. Um, and hey, you know, we only have to take um a a vaccine i see people uh, mass shaming other people you know in these areas i mean just recently texas they they lifted the the mass mandate and and people automatically said you know well that's the stupidest thing ever and even the governor came out he said well you know people can still wear their mask whatever they you know feel like <laughs> yeah. it's not like i'm saying you're you, you i'm mandating you to not wear the mask it's more so of let's get back to a personal choice you know, and, and and looking at those things from that perspective and also expanding this arena where, I mean, there are tons of studies that have come out. I mean, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of studies showing, you know, well, these metabolic issues are the driving forces behind why people are more susceptible. Well, why aren't we addressing that? Why aren't we mandating things in that realm? And then there were therapeutics that came out that talked about, you know, how, and there were, and we're talking physicians coming out and saying, "This is what I'm using. This is what I've been utilizing with my patients directly, and I've shown it to be effective." And these guys are getting mass censorship online. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? And people are okay with that. Why do you think that is? It's sad. Uh, there's, there's, uh, there's. Um a real uh, lack of critical thinking 
and um, there's you know there's there's the virtue shame, the virtue signaling that you that you mm. refer to people yeah. people have a sense of superiority and um, and you know I think at the at the foundation of this is fear false evidence appearing real yeah and um, you know it just occurred to me I'll tell you what it is and I see it I see it in my practice every day people in modern life feel out of control hmm. and it's the sense of feeling out of control that causes them to want to lash out and impose control in areas that they believe that they can. So here's what I teach my clients on a daily basis. The notion that you can control the outer world is illusion. Yeah. What you can control is your inner world. And so when you see people show up in the outer world, like, like athletes and movie stars and politicians and business tycoons, they don't control the outer world. They've managed to control their inner world to such a degree that they show up in the outer world in a large fashion. And so it's really important that we bring, just like all politics is local, all, all of life starts from within each of us. And we're all connected. See, the other thing, you know, when we talked about heart energy and that six foot thing, we are all connected. You know, as we move from materialism and Newtonian mechanics into the quantum field, um, and we do studies like, uh, you know, there are there are physicists who, who are they're investigating whether matter has a dual nature like light. Light is both yeah. a particle and a wave, and so they did studies to see if matter was like light and. When they looked at these subatomic particles, these quarks and neutrinos, to see if they were a wave, they acted like a wave. And when they, when they experimented to see if it was a particle, they acted like a particle. And it's what they call the observer effect. Mm -hmm. And so what we're finding in the subatomic world, the quantum field of energy, there is non-local connections. Yeah. That means you know, to, you know, matter can be affected in, in two different places at once, and we can affect was it Dr. Neo? We've done studies with we can we can change water. We can affect the molecular structure of water. Yes. And so we are super powerful. At the same time that we're learning how powerful we are, we're feeling as a general sense, as a society, and as as a as a, as a, a race and and culture, we're feeling less in control because we're detached from the elements of our control, and so. It, I believe that what we're seeing with this uh, virtue signaling and and this this herd mentality is a, is uh, as an effort to try and seize control in some fashion during a time when they ever so many people feel out of control. And what they really need to learn is that control begins with your inner world, and that's why I teach everybody to meditate and, and to go within. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um... You know, as as we're coming close to you know wrapping it up, um, a couple closing um, thoughts or questions that I wanted to touch on. Um, one, what are your like, you know, your top favorite health and wellness practices? Personally, yeah. What are what are some of your yeah. top ones? Uh, I meditate daily, and when I'm stressed, I double the amount of time I meditate. Um, I, I juice, uh, I have a juicer and I 
Um, and you know, so I'm really super uh, conscious of what I eat, and you know, uh, fresh food is um, is important for health. I also, um, you know, I have a chiropractor, I have an acupuncturist, and I know self hypnosis, and so I rarely see the doctor. <laughs> uh, and you know, these are the, these are the things that we can do. I mean, if you if you stay in alignment, if your energy meridians are balanced, if you uh, balance your chakras through meditation, your energy is balanced on a, on a regular basis, and you take real good care of your inner world, this is uh, the way to longevity and success in life. And, um, you know, I thought I had success, and I made a lot of money. Mm. And I had high profile, fast cars, Italian suits. And, you know, I thought I was something. What, what, what I found on the way was that my soul's purpose was to be in service of others with intention. So to live intentionally, to find a way to be in service of others, to care for your inner world. These are the pathways to success and happiness. Awesome. Awesome. Now, one last question. Um, what's the craziest story you've ever heard of uh of people utilizing hypnosis or or have have you ever encountered with that i mean there's a there's there's a lot of crazy stage stuff that they do but in my practice no one ever comes in for what it really is all right so number one they've tried a bunch of other things and they come to me as a last resort number two it's never about what it is i had a 74 year old man come in to quit smoking and i'm like okay so I, I start down the usual questions, how long you've been smoking, what brand, uh, how many per day. And, um, and, and all of a sudden he said, he blurts out, I, I need to tell you something. I'm like, okay, should I be sitting down? <laughs> yeah. And so uh, <laughs> it turns out he had an affair uh. and, um, and he, uh, and he made all these plans and then it came right down to pull the trigger and he couldn't leave his wife. And then the, 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 the other woman began to berate him <laughs> that oh, he wasn't, boy. you know, it was, you know, and so, and so he was nervous and pacing and smoking, chain smoking and stuff. And it really wasn't about the cigarettes. It was about managing this thing he had gotten himself into. Um, uh, I've had a lot of that where people have uh, created disease over the guilt that they feel over something. Um, I'm just racking my brain over, you know, there's a, there's a ton of interesting thing. I'll tell you, sadly, Many women come for uh, stubborn uh, 10, 15, 20 pounds and weight mm -hmm. loss, and yeah. it's, they've, they've suffered abuse. And it's really, yeah. it's really uh, a layer of protection uh, from the outside world emotionally that they're carrying. And no amount of dieting is ever going to help them with that until they resolve that, uh, that, 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 those traumas. Um, uh, you know, I've had, I mean, I had a client, again, an affair, this woman in her 70s, and she had a long list of you know Lyme disease and mast cell disease and she couldn't go anywhere and she was locked in the house and I really had to press her for for details uh, about her life experience and when I pressed her really hard she blurted it out that she had an affair and uh, you know when I, I got her to forgive herself much of the physical stuff went away um, uh, you know I've had I, you know, here's a crazy thing. I had a man in his late 60s who stuttered all his life and I helped him stop stuttering. And three months later, he went back to stuttering. He just was, it was who he was. 
Mm. So the hypnosis worked, but he didn't want to give it up because he couldn't con conceive of life <laughs> uh, with, without it. So that's kind of that's kind of crazy. Um, we do, we, you know, we do weird things, and and uh, we can um, allow our experiences to create neuroses that that don't make a lot of sense sometimes. Um, I have. It's super important that what I do, I have unconditional positive regard and uh, never judge. But I am very firm, Dr. Mike. There's yeah. a, that I'm not for everybody because when I, I question and I do a history and I, and like I've had people come to me and they've been in psychoanalysis for nine years and they just, the, 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 the psychologist just sits and listens. And I'm like, didn't, didn't about year three, you wonder if this was going to work for you? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so I, <laughs> I have the difficulty of um, my ego wants to help people in as few sessions as possible, which means I, I got to drive a lot of clients through my door. But um, but I, I am very direct, and and it's, it takes people aback sometimes because, I, and oftentimes they're like, "Oh my gosh, why didn't I see that?" I'm like, "Well, you're too close." Yeah, you know the um, you know, it's you're you're too it's the forest for the trees kind of thing, and um, it's there's always. There's always an explanation from our history for everything that we experience. Mm. It's uh, rarely that, you know, the difference between fear and phobia is a fear is, you know, you got bit by a dog, you're afraid of dogs. If you're afraid of dogs and you've never been bit, that's kind of phobic, right? Or you have the, it's, it, that, there's that, there's that correlation and, and stuff. So, um, so there's usually an explanation for it. Some of the explanations are crazy <laughs> and I've heard, a lot of them, but and most of them are, are pretty basic. And we, if when we sift through the sand of their early experience, we find the little nuggets. Awesome, awesome. It was so great to connect with you. And thank you for being on the podcast. Where can people connect with you? I'm uh, my website is my name www.normanplotkin.com. I'm on Insta at Norman Plotkin CHT and Facebook Norman Plotkin Inc. INC. I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn. If by my name, you can check me out. My two books, Take Charge of Your Cancer, The Seven Proven Steps to Healing and Recovery, and Mastermind, Master Life are on Amazon. And uh, yeah, I've done uh, sessions. I have an office where I do it uh, locally, but I've also done it with Zoom, by Zoom with people all over the world. It's, uh, um, you know, it's, it's within reach for anybody who's interested. Always happy to talk to anybody if they have questions about it. The consultations... Uh, I do complimentary if you're serious and uh, love chatting with people. And you're in Sacramento, correct? I am Sacramento, California. And you said you do uh, sessions via Zoom as well? I do, yeah. You know, there were teachers I had in school that did it by phone. I like to, the Zoom allows me to see the breathing and the changes when they take effect and, and whatnot. So um, I, I like Zoom and it's, it's a really good, it's a really good solid platform. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there are so many other questions that I'm sure I could think of and, and get through. So probably one of these days, we got to get you back on the podcast and, and, and get you uh, get, us, get us talking more about all this stuff, because there's so much to go into in this field and, and all that other stuff. But thank you so yeah. much for being being on the show and sharing your time with us. I really appreciate the opportunity, Dr. Mike, and they've been very engaging with the questions, and I look forward to round two. Thank you, Norman, for being on the show. Man, we talked about a lot of stuff, and I learned a lot about how the mind works 
in conjunction with the body and you know all the things surrounding hypnosis my first introduction to hypnosis well true hypnosis you know not the not the ones you see in like you know the circus and the carnivals and all that the the the, the true hypnosis that i've that i first experienced was like i said in the interview with was with my wife and she went through this process called hypno babies and in our our first pregnancy and it was it was pretty amazing just to see how well she could use and control her mind to control her body and you know i see this in everyday practice on the importance of the mind and it plays on the body and how much stored emotions and, and past emotional traumas can have an impact upon your physical body and that's one of the things that i always work on with every single patient especially when you're dealing with a chronic lingering health condition we got to get down to the emotions and get rid of that and free the body of that because we see how much the mind plays a role on this if you're not yet on my email list i urge you to go to tripleplayperformance.com sign up for my email newsletter and you'll get a series of 16 different emails to begin with that'll walk you through all the things that i would walk my patients through on the fundamentals and the foundational things to get you back onto proper health and wellness. So go ahead and, and sign up on my email list, tripleplayperformance.com. It's free. And I try to send out emails once or twice a week. I try not to flood your, your inbox. I know how, how crazy that can be for all of us. But I try to give you guys pertinent information. And sometimes you may get specials to my courses and maybe, you know, some of, uh, of my consulting services as well. So jump on that email list and I hope to see you there. Hey, if you've enjoyed this podcast, leave us a five-star review. Connect with me on Instagram at TriplePlayDoc. Stay tuned for more episodes. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the entire world. Till the next episode, be well and aloha.